You're listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Spinning the wheels. Today, after uh, 20 seasons as a player for the Detroit Red Wings, I'm announcing my retirement. Yeah, remarkable stretch, really. The longest active playoff streak in the four major sports. No more. Detroit Red Wings are pleased to select from Val Dor of the Quebec League, Anthony Manta. But if you close been uh, 15 years here and, and, and uh, even though I knew that I was on my last couple of years but uh, uh, you know I wish that I that I could play a little bit longer. Detroit Red Wings are pleased to select from the Chilliwack Chiefs of the BC Hockey League Dennis Chilowski. Detroit Red Wings select from Halifax of the Canadian Hockey League Philip Zadina. Red Wings are proud to select from Drummondville, Joe Valeno. The speedster comes through the middle. He's got the legs pumping. Here comes Athanasiu, drags it back. Oh, yes! Yes! Welcome back to Spinning the Wheels here on Sports Radio Detroit. I'm Jason Pinkham, and I'm here today with goalie man Justin Freebaron and the return of our third co-host, <laughs> Lauren Allred. And we're here today to discuss, unfortunately for your return, an abysmal, abysmal two weeks. <laughs> but how is your return? How are you? How Welcome back. It's so great to be back. I'm so excited to be back with you guys and talking hockey. And um, I wish the circumstances were a little bit better for our team. But that's okay. I will bring a little bit of optimism. That's your Hopefully. job. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, goalie man, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, yeah. Lose for Hughes, baby. Lose for Hughes. Well, as our new intro says, how are we going to be optimists about this? Like that was a hundred percent selected for that because of your literally. I I don't know if I told you this, but your lose for Hughes attitude and your like newfound optimism about like watching spring training or watching pre you know preseason and watching the uh the youth game and stuff like that 100% inspired that that intro I hope you know that all about them kids <laughs> all about the kids let them play let them fail let them learn hard you know well let's let's review I the last mean, 2 weeks we we predicted between the two of us we both called two wins uh I don't think either one of us saw 1-5 and 1 and a one five and one stretch that included a, a stretch of three games where you allowed eight. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Hold on, twenty goals against in three games, which is a very, very rough stretch. Um, you know, Lauren, what has your impressions been of this team? Because I think we're having, you know, when you were here last time, uh, the dynamic was 
that Justin and I were super cynical, super yeah. bitter, super like not wanting to face the end of the run. Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, we got, we got these things, got these things, got these good. And at least over text message, I think maybe this might not be the same on the show, but over text message, it seems that the dynamic has flipped where it's like Justin and I now are like, yeah. oh my God, this is awesome. We're losing. And you're like, and I'm like, what is happening? This stinks. So where do you stand on this? Like, <laughs> um, so I think that I have a different perspective on it as well because I've never seen the team be this bad. Like my my entire life, the team has been good. Mm-hmm. So in, in theory, it sounds great, you know, beforehand to like, yeah, let's have these kids go. Let's, our future's great. And now the future is here and it is not great at all. And it just makes me very, very sad because I am seeing a team that I love. I can't even say underperform because that's like, it's not even on that radar. Um, I think too, with the whole Zetterberg thing, I think that kind of caught, caught everybody off guard or me, at least I can say. And, um, he was kind of always a bright spot and I'm like, well, at least we got Z and Z is great. And now we have nothing. Wow. What a (laughs) dark turn. (laughs) She has a hundred percent heel turn on us. It's our job to cheer her up. Justin It's, it's our job to make her excited. Apparently. Um, okay, I get it. Hank Zetterberg is one of the sexiest men to ever don the re- the Red Wings jersey. Oh. I get it. That beard was absolutely beautiful. And if we're being fair, I did not think that he made that much of a difference on this team. Um, now, between that and the injured mad defenseman with experience that we have, I'm sure they might have squeaked out one or two more wins, but... Yeah, I didn't think Zetterberg's departure really would have made that much of a difference. But, but there is, there from are like a bright spots. Perspective. Because he brought a, a, an element that we don't have anymore. And that's an element of somebody who knows what it's like to win and knows what it's like to play through adversity and play through coaching changes and seeing your other teammates go. Like his, I think his presence is going to be missed more than his production. I don't agree with that because a Cronwall has been on this team since forever too, and he's got the winning presence. Though he's never been the leader that Zetterberg was. I'll give not you that. Half. Um, Vanek has been on winning teams. Not that's not saying much. He gets traded every year for a bag of pucks. Um, but uh, I listen. Larkin's first year, they made the playoffs, uh, and he's growing into a leadership role, and he's. One of the bright spots on this team, along with Bertuzzi, I really like both of them. I like Athanasiu. He's been really snake-bitten, though. Um, I mean, there are bright spots on this team, and, you know, we just got to play. I mean, you got to play for losses. I mean, that's the only way in this league to surefire turn around a rebuild is get two or three consecutive top five picks in a row. You then look know. what Edmonton does with them. Well, <laughs> look what Edmonton doesn't do with them, I should say. Well, okay, time out, time out. Edmonton has been an organization in disarray for years. I mean, you've had you've had Yakupov, you've had uh RNH, you've had mm-hmm. uh Hall. you know, you've got McJesus now, you've got uh you know, Hall. you've had oh Taylor, Taylor Hall. Hall, who they flipped for a mediocre top four guy, uh D man. Um I but they and oh, I forget Eberle. They also picked you know high too. I mean, they, they had you've four got, first round, four first overall picks. <laughs> I yeah, just, ex- like, well, no, my no, no, fear no. Is I turning know, into but that. it's about it's about what your the the rest of your team does. All they've done, okay, all that Edmonton has done is taken forwards with those first overall picks. Now, 
all of those guys, the only generational talent that they had or that they've gotten is McDavid. Say what you want about Hall. He had a hell of a year last year, but that's, you know, he, he's been six years trying to make that season happen. So I wouldn't say Hall's a generational talent. Um, he had to develop just like the rest of them or like the rest of the, the top five picks. But in a year where there's a generational talent, like you had, you know, uh, you had Chicago with 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 Taves and Kane back to back years where they took. They're not generational, but they're better than Hall, or they were more ready than Hall was, and Eberle was, and Yakupov was, and Ryden Nugent Hopkins was. I mean, and you know, let's face it, Chicago's got a better management team than Edmonton. I mean, Edmonton picked they they got they got Drysaddle and they got uh and they got McDavid and they made on a ma- went on a magical run and then they sucked last year and they still suck this year because the te- they don't know how to build the team right. Anyways, let's not talk about Edmonton anymore. <laughs> let's focus on. I want to what- focus on a phrase that you said. I want to take that phrase "snake bit" that you said about Athens to see you and say that I saw that a hundred percent from Manta last night. Mm-hmm. That guy uh- looks like he forgot how to play hockey, like. Eight minutes of time on ice, and they were probably the worst eight minutes of his career. And see, that's what worries me about the the Henrik Zetterberg effect, because I feel like when you don't have the episode, what that was the name of the episode right now. Oh, Go ahead. <laughs> when you when you remove that person, that that he can make such a difference, even if it's talking to Mantha, you know, helping him coach through things, a comfort level of having him there, like he is, he knows what is expected of him. And like, I think we really forget the human element in a lot of this. Like these people are still humans. They still have their own problems. They still have their own everything. And you are taking these guys who don't have the experience and you are putting them into these situations that they probably feel that they cannot live up to. And they don't have somebody there, not, you know, patting them on the back or not coddling them through it. But sometimes when you have somebody who's who's been there and been through it, like Zetterberg, it's it's good to have that person to talk to and to get advice from that. I, I wouldn't want to be any of those guys. I mean, or even honestly, just to be like to get like a stern look from every now and again. Yeah, because that was Z's thing. Like if you listen to like locker room stories, like when they would have a game like Saturday, the 13th drubbing of Boston eight to two or by Boston eight to two, yeah. you know, there'd be stories of Z just in the locker room skulking about just like. You know, not talking to anybody, not talking to reporters or barely talking to reporters and just making them all feel that loss. And not to say that that's not there, but it certainly feels like there, you know, there's a big difference between being the young and up and coming rookie fighting for a spot on a team. And then all of a sudden the next year, you're that guy when you hadn't necessarily earned it. And from what I've seen from Mantha this year so far, I don't think he's earned it because this is this is some bad hockey. Yeah. Like last night was downright embarrassing at certain points. He's missing passes. He's missing spots. He's in the wrong place for on certain plays. He's missing turnarounds. You know, it, no look passes that don't make any sense. Giving up on plays. And that's why you get single digit minutes because you're playing like crap. And, you know, I'm just curious as to what you think, you know, what you have to say about that side of it. Um. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what, and I think, wow, uh, I'm just choking on my words here. I agree a lot with what Lauren said, though. Um, they are humans. Now, uh, I think a lot of the guys who we expected to be better have been better. Like, I think Athanasiu has been better because he's, I mean, he's had hell of a chances and, you know, he just can't find the back of the net consistently. Like, he's, you know, 
there's been so many chances that I've seen and, you know, but I think Bertuzzi's been really good. I think, you know, Larkin's been really good. But with Mantha, I mean, he's always been one of those guys who's been um, kind of half in the game, half out of the game, if that makes sense, where he's like a, like a Franzen, where you play for... Uh, you you play for three games and then you disappear for nine. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. and that's, I unfortunately, I think that's what you're going to get out of Manta from here on out unless somebody really has a talking to him. But I, I agree with your assessment on Zetterberg, you know, great leader, uh, you know, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but I really think this team misses Green too. I mean, because he's, you know, he's good veteran leader and, you know, he, 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 he re-signed here when he could have easily gone elsewhere. He chose to stay here through this tough time to help out the young defensemen and even, you know, some of the young forwards who need help offensively because we all know Green is pretty good offensively. So, you know, I just, uh, I think that's what you're going to get out of Mantha. There's going to be nights where he looks unstoppable and then there's going to be nights where he's invisible. Like, call it the Hemsky syndrome. Yeah, I, I think... uh Let's. I'm going to talk about one guy. You know, while you fix your camera situation, that who I think has taken an absolute step forward this year, at least from my perspective, and you know the stats meet that out. Uh, Dylan Larkin has turned into just an absolute animal, uh, both positionally, uh, aggressively, and like the way that he's he's more in the play than anybody that I can uh, anyone else I can say on this roster. I mean, I know that. He and Nyquist had the same amount of points, and he Athens CU's only one back. But in terms of just out and out, you know, visually, like I'm here to be a part of it. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm just going off the last uh, since we last talked. Just the stretch that I'm talking about. Oh no, um, I was just going by. I, yeah, I was going by the season. He's but I'm talking back. about just pure but. presence. There's no one on this team like Larkin, and and that's something that has made me very happy because. Uh, when you're talking about a guy who gets the big contract coming out of his rookie contract, you know, that's usually a time where you start to see the the more mantle like performances or, you know, God, God forbid, a Franz like, uh, you know, career. And, uh, you know, I know we're only, you know, eight games into the season, you know, nine games into the season, but it doesn't seem like that's what we're going to get. I mean, how, do you, do you, you, you were, you were nodding your head the whole time. So what, what's your take on this, Lauren? Um, I, I think he's going to turn into be a phenomenal player, but I'm just, I, I, and I like what I see and I like the progression that I see. I would just be worried about, um, his, his commitment, I guess. Really? Like when things get bad, can he really handle it? Like, I just don't know if I've seen him step into, in, in, in his defense, I haven't seen anybody really step into that next leadership role. Like when things get bad, being able to like problem solve and say like, well, what are we going to do to get out of this? I'm just worried that not that he's still a selfish player, but I'm just not sure he's gotten to the selflessness that he needs to have to be a leader. And I don't know if that's because of his age or his experience or his ego or or what but i'm just not sure that his his selflessness has grown yet well i won't make a case against the selflessness but i will make a case in terms of leading in the dark times you know last night he was the you know he had the part of, he was part of the comeback and then inevitably the game winner you know on a on a team that 
didn't seem to show much life in an overtime. You're playing the Florida Panthers. Yeah. No, I know. Who I'm just also talking about his ability. had a, the, um, pretty much the same record as yeah. us. So no, you're no, playing no. the not, Florida Panthers. Yeah. I'm not speaking of that. He did score on Hutchison, but I'm talking about just his his go to me. I know I know that's an unquantifiable stat, but like when times are down and Mantha's falling apart and Athanasius literally falling off the off of his skates all night long, I don't know how. Um and you know, Erickson's shooting the moon question mark. Um you know, Larkin's the guy who seems to be getting it done. And you know, come, Justin, well, go ahead. Come to me in April mm-hmm. with when you've lost 55, 60 yeah, games. Yeah, this is this it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. It's not a sprint. Come to me in April when you've had probably the worst season on record and you are turning into a laughing stock of the NHL. And nobody's going to those games. And nobody's going to those games in your brand new arena. And now a black arena. <laughs> but but come to me when when we're in the marathon and and then if he's got that same fire and that same push then I and then I'm willing to change my mind but this is this is year one away from Zetterberg so you know he probably shouldered a lot of that before I want to see what he's doing in April I want to see where his attitude is and and all those things that you just said if they're still there I'd be willing to change my mind Justin where do you stand on this uh I <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but I have to completely disagree with you. You got to remember, they were bad last year. Now Zetterberg was around to shoulder the blame, but they were bad last year. Larkin is all go. The dude doesn't take shifts off like Mantha does or like occasionally Athanasiu does, even though he's getting better. But Larkin is all go. Now, uh, you questioned his leadership. Um, He was the one who put together that tournament this summer. For the little exhibition game they had for the passing of the USA Hockey D- Development Director. Now, he did that, and he contacted all these NHL players, and, you know, if he didn't care about the game, he didn't care about being a leader, he would not have done that. And I think that, I think he wants that, and he wants to be a leader, and I think he strives for it. And, yet, I mean, they're sheltering him this year because, you know, they don't want him to have to answer, you know, all the negative questions from the media after every game, you know. And I think that's a good thing right now. You know, they're kind of easing him into it. But I think long term, this is your captain. I mean, you got to think. Think about how bad this team is. Think about how bad this team is. And he's got seven points in eight games. That's, I mean, almost a point a game on a just awful team. I mean, this, it's putrid. He's on a line with Darren Helm. Yeah, that line that. confused me last Think night. Think about that. He's on a line with Darren Helm and still doing things that people he shouldn't made, do. He made Darren Helm look like a perennial, like, Hall of Fame candidate winger last night on that give and go. <laughs> I, dude, I, I agree. I just. Like, what is I, that conversation I mean, while they're skating? Like, for once in your life, listen to me. Go over there and pass me the puck. Now, now in the past, okay. Now in the past, in the past, I have not. I, I thought that Athanasius upside was higher than Larkin's because he has hands. Like he's got better hands than Larkin. Like he can make things happen out of nothing. But Larkin just has that go. He's got that drive. He just he plays hard. He forechecks hard. He's on the puck. He's where he's supposed to be, and uh, he's making the players around him better. Case in point, Darren Helm. I mean, I just, it, 
he's not there yet. I mean, he's still 22 and he's got learning and lots of playing to do. But as of right now, I'm very content with where he is. And this season has to happen for this team to get better. And next season's probably going to be that way, too. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I like your point. This show you know, by I, the way. <laughs> I, I do like your point, you know, come come at me in April and see how he's doing. But I don't think that I mean, he might get a little worn down with all the losing, but I still think he'll have his go, you know, so rebuttal before. we okay. Um, no, not, not really. No, I, I'll leave it at that. Um, next player I want to ask about just before we start going into predictions and things of that nature or talking a little bit more about other, you know, what, what, what talking more. Um, I want to talk about Gus Nyquist because Nyquist is the opposite of Athanasiu. Where Athanasiu is mostly visible except when you forget he's there. Nyquist is mostly invisible except when you forget and he shows up. And I don't know how I feel about him this year because it it, it it's it, I don't have that internal hype for him that I used to have. Yeah, I don't either. It's like I gone. loved him. Yeah, I loved him. Well, you certainly love listening to him talk. Oh, his voice! I I I still stand behind that. It's it was so thing. funny. Like last night, my boyfriend and I were watching it, and I was like, "Just stop talking. Let, let me hear his voice." <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I still stand behind that. But yeah, I kind of like I kind of gave up on him. Yeah, it's he's in the Tatar category of like yeah. When, when he, Tatar was part of the package for Pacioretty, I was just like, you wanted Tatar? Yeah, like that's that's what you want? Like, that was your asking? Was the, the healthy scratch in the playoffs. That's Tatar, the guy you wanted. Yeah. All right. Oh, and then Tatar just proceeds to drop six points in two games against Pittsburgh and then, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, gets his revenge against the Red Wings. Yeah, he'll be all healthy scratch by yeah. March. Um, U.S. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Gus, uh, but Gus, I'm starting to get that vibe from too. Although he's, you know, He's still meeting out points wise. He's you know coming up also almost a point per game player. You know he's got five over the last seven. A stretch where they went one five and one. Uh, but I guess the question I have, and I'll start with Justin on this one because I keep starting with you. So I'll be fair. What is his place on this team, both currently and in the future, in your opinion? Hashtag traded. Okay, that's simple. Lauren? Mm. See, I go back and forth. I can get on the traded bandwagon, but then I could also see like that that ho- that Holland loyalty kicking in. And like, well, well, Nyquist, you've you've been okay for us. You've been okay, so we're going to keep you. Um obviously I think if somebody like made an offer for him that we couldn't refuse, they would do it. But I just don't see anybody else wanting that. I I don't see anybody wanting Nyquist or needing a Nyquist. Um, I don't see it being like a trade deadline thing, somebody picking up, picking him up to get him over the hump. So I just see him kind of like chilling in the background and just staying where he's at and, and being fine with it. What do you, what do you, what do you think of that, Joss? Listen, I'm not high on Nyquist either, especially considering, you know, kind of to your point, uh, when they when Nyquist and Star first came up, they were supposed to be the next coming of mm-hmm. Datsuk and Zetterberg, mm-hmm. and they played like it in their first year. And then, oh, and uh, real quick, tanked. I'm going to cut you off. If any listener out there says I don't, if any if anybody listens to this episode or ever says, oh, I didn't believe that, you're a liar, and <laughs> I'm calling you out on it right now because we all believed it 100. percent Everyone in this city was so far up Nyquist and Tatar's ass that they were hail heralded as heroes. For basically nothing. Everybody remembers the, you know, 31 second uh, time of possession in Ottawa by Gus. Like, everybody can remember that because it was like, oh, look, see, just like Datsuk used to do or just like Zetterberg used to do. 
But anyways, I just want to say that. Go ahead. Yeah. So I don't think that I think they'll get a um they might get a second second rounder out of him. Maybe I mean I don't think he's gonna pull the fleece over uh George George McPhee's uh eyes again this time and get a first, second, and a third for 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 Nyquist, but uh I don't know if he keeps performing like this, maybe. Um I I mean, we'll see. He just scored his first goal last night, so maybe that'll give him some confidence and get him on a roll. But, I mean, he has been, you know, picking up assists, which, you know, if you're helping the team score, you're, you know, you're at least a positive on the ice. Well, I mean, not, you know, plus minus, but you're still, you know, being a positive for the offense. So, I I just, the I would, I would agree with you, Lauren, you know, if they hadn't traded Tar Tatar last year, because I thought that they were going to be over loyal to Tatar and Nyquist and boom, Tatar gets traded. So now I feel like unless he's, you know, got some, you know, blackmail pictures of Kenny Holland somewhere, I think he gone. I want to talk about a concern I have, um, but also there's OK, so this is a give and take. I was just, you know, briefly going through the time on ice over the last few games. I was happy to see Darren Helm, 13 minutes, Luke Glendening, 13 minutes, Christopher Ain, N, however the hell you say that, 10 minutes. Those are all good. Uh, then I hit a, a little bit of a speed bump. Tyler Bertuzzi, 15. Maybe you could take that up just maybe one more minute. And then the one that actually concerns me is, and not, not in concerns of, uh, or not from the perspective of uh, coaching or, or ice time management, but f- from the perspective of performance, <clears throat> Michael Rasmussen, 12 minutes over the last six games, 12 minutes time on ice, time on ice uh, has just one assist, five shots. Invisible man, despite the fact that he's tremendous. Uh, you know, last night he had a couple of good moments, but, you know, Justin, I think you said it last time we recorded, this is a guy who looks like he forgot how to play a little bit. You know, he's he's absent on plays, and that's really concerning to me. And, you know, Lauren, you were nodding your head on this one, so I'm guessing you've seen something too. Uh, where do you stand on Rasmussen? I'm just worried that he was hype. Like I, I, I always, and you know this, Jason, I always stand behind. Like I don't always believe that people who excel in other leagues are going to transfer that talent to the NHL. That Kirk is a Maltby big scored 50 in juniors. That okay, Kirk Maltby played in a completely different era of hockey, but okay. No, he's, um, he's agreeing with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, good. I was about Maltby to be like, scored okay. Fifty in juniors. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. it tra- it didn't translate to much. Yes. Yeah, so, so I very, I very, um, very much believe that just because they have that talent, it doesn't, it, it doesn't always translate. And I think that's potentially what we have here. I mean, it's a very small sample size, so I, I'd so like to, to see it. On, yeah, it's all we have to go on. But I'm just a little worried that there was, you know, some some hype behind him justin where do you stand on this because you you were the first one to point it out last time we recorded without me really saying much so there's always going to be hype for a top 10 pick i mean regardless of what team picks him or whatever there's always going to be hype but uh i didn't think he looked outstanding during the preseason he definitely didn't look outstanding in the games before they benched him but the since they benched him and he got a look on you know that little development move they did whatever he's looked a little better to me um i think that uh 
that goal that he, the quote unquote goal he scored last night should have counted because that was just a, that was atrocious. I got so, oh, I was texting That's why you, I Jason. threw it to you because you, was, you oh. made my phone explode. I thought you were going to have did, a lot sorry. to say about that. I, I, I do. I forgot about it. Sorry. I mean, that goal really, I mean, it's a deflection. Okay. The goalie would have never saved it anyways. Like I don't, that's, they, they need, I think. They need to look at the big picture on these re- on these reviews as opposed to, oh, look, he barely touched his pad. He would have totally made that safe. No, goalies yeah, don't no. save deflections. They don't. They just don't. No, just I don't care Jimmy who Howard. you are. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't care. Night. I don't care who you are. Goalies don't save deflections. I mean, and when they do, it's completely rare. But that was a five hole deflection and that would have made no difference in the world. So, I, I mean, you know. He looked a lot better last night. Granted, Florida's bad. Florida's mm-hmm. really bad. It's the Florida but, Panthers. Um, I, as long as he keeps trending, you know, towards that direction, I think he'll be all right. But I, I'm, I honestly, I read an article where they're going to drag it out because they don't think he needs any more time in juniors. But um, I just, I, at this point, I don't care. I don't think he's. I mean, I don't think he's got any high end potential. I mean, I see him being. Thomas Holmstrom, around the net, pick up the garbage, be a body, you know? Thomas Holmstrom's a hero in this town. If you're saying he's yeah. going to be a hero in this town, I'm okay with that. It's funny you say that, Justin. I was I have a coworker that I talk hockey with a lot, and he said the exact same thing when we were talking on Tuesday. He's like, I don't get it. He's just, he's a homer. And, I mean, he's a big guy, and, and I think that he could serve a purpose. I just don't know that he's... Um, filled out and well got his legs under him well that's why he's playing on the third line but he's on the power play just like holmstrom holmstrom literally five on five brought nothing to the table absolutely nothing challenge me on that i dare you he was (laughs) trash openly said he was terrible he He was trash five on five he couldn't skate he couldn't play he couldn't do anything but damn could he sit in front of the net and deflect the puck and annoy the goalies and 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 that's fine because a goal is a goal I'll take dirty goals. I'll take garbage goals. I'll take goals that shouldn't be goals. I will oh, take no, them fine. all day. No, I agree with you, but I think that's his ceiling. Yeah. I think if he could be a 300-goal scorer in 15 years at picking up the trash, being power play specialist, good on you. Maybe not worth the first round or a 10th overall pick or ninth overall pick or whatever, but still, that's if that's his ceiling, I'll take it, you know? Yeah, unfortunately, he doesn't have Lidstrom at the point. Uh <laughs> giving him like 140 of those goals. But he's got Cholowski. I was going to go to him next. <laughs> Fun fact, we don't even write these shows. He just knows me well enough because Cholowski, like, Cholowski is to me the defining, like, the definition of Red Wings hope. Like, he's the player that I look to for, like, all right, maybe they know how to draft. Maybe they know how to pick players and maybe they know when to call them up because – Clearly, the management on the management from maybe we should draft Chalowski all the way back to before he was drafted to today has been, at least from my perspective, clearly perfect because he's 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 performing exactly as he's supposed to. This is almost a point per game defenseman. He's got 15 shots in the last five games that he's played. You know, this is a guy who's a part of almost every play that he's on the ice for. He's averaging 22 minutes of ice time over the last five games, which you love to see. You know, and this is a guy that like truly I look for like that's my look at and smile player. Like that's my like, okay, there is light at the end of this tunnel and this is it. Like this is the the, the light at the end of the tunnel for me. 
Justin, you're furrowing your brow. Oh, no, you agree. Okay, go ahead, Justin. Um, so this guy, remember, when you traded away Datsuk's rights, and last year everybody was so mad that you didn't get Chitron and you took Chalowski in he- instead. Yeah. Well, now you can see what they saw in Chalowski. And I was one of those people, too. I was like, really? I mean, we I thought it was a really good move to get to off Datsuk's contract like that. But I was like, Cholowski, and I looked at his numbers, I was like, what? What is going on? And then he absolutely destroyed the WHL last year. And I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe that wasn't such a bad pick after all. And now here he is, and he is just, I mean, he can, oh my goodness, he just sees the ice so well. He's a great passer, and on the power play, oh man, this dude can, this dude can find the net. This dude can put the puck on the net like... I mean, I, I'm not going to make any comparisons here, but I did read an article that said that he that he's been compared to Zach Wierenski of uh, of Columbus, and that dude tore it up last year. I mean, I don't follow Columbus, so I don't know how he's doing this year, but uh, I just, yeah, if he's you know if if he can continue the the what he's doing, he's going to be the number one defenseman on this team before too long, if he's not already. Yeah, he's 100. percent surpassing our predictions and just a little stat to throw into the hopper before I give it to you Lauren you point out power play last five games four power play points including a goal last night that was an absolute 100% intellectual goal like and they showed it in the in the intermission in between where it's like you see that you have a body in front you know that the left-handed goalie is looking to the left so you or to the right so you shoot to the left like when when it doesn't make sense usually you don't want to like it just it was so such a smart quick like make the decision execute goal perfect exactly what i want to see from my defenseman lauren go ahead i really like him too i really like uh Chalowski. i think he's great i think he's going to be um good i i i think that kind of like what justin said you know little hesitancy from the beginning like oh well why didn't people take chikrin i wasn't high on chikrin um i really didn't follow that draft too much though but i do i do like Chalowski. i think he's smart um, I think that he's methodical and I think that he he thinks what he's going to do next. And, the you know, that's a big thing in hockey. You have to be like one step ahead. Um, you have to be ahead of the puck. You have to be ahead of the play. So I really like what he's doing so far. And, you know, we've we've said in the past that the power play is is abysmal. It's been horrible the last few years. Like Babcock took it with him when he left. You know, he took the power play with him. I'll just pick up a few things real quick. I'll get my uh, my pen off my desk. Uh, <laughs> my let me get my, uh, my, my, my big whiteboard with all my plays. My green notebook with all my history. Uh, a picture of Henrik Zetterberg. My, my locker. <laughs> oh, and I'll just take that power play too. I'll take that to Toronto with me. Exactly. So so I think it's good. But but that makes me feel good as a fan that like we're addressing those things between him and Rasmussen. If they could score goals on the power play, I think that that is going to be really good for us um, in the future and not now for the lose for Hughes thing, which I'm not on that bandwagon, mind you. So um, I think it's going to be good. I like him and I like what I see. By the way, fun fact, uh, this year so far uh, through eight games, the Red Wings are currently seventh in the NHL in power play percentage. When was the last time that happened? Yeah, 28%. They're the top yeah. 10 team. I noticed it the other night that yeah. our power play was stellar. The only downside is goals against per game are 4.38 and goals for are 2.38. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, and then and just to update, yeah, and penalty kill, they're sixth. So they're, they're our special mid, they're teams are doing both. great. Yeah, 
They're they're top ten on both. Surprisingly, like that's it's see it's with stats like that surprise you that I'm like happy in the right way. Like but I it's know also that this, marathon. Yeah, I know that this team is not going to do it. That's yeah. I know this team is not going to do anything this year. I I don't have my hopes up for a playoff berth. I don't want to. I'd prefer to lose more. But in losing, if you're top tening in those categories, that gives me like okay. When we turn the corner, when we get the players that help us to turn that corner, we're doing it the right way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Justin, you want to add, add anything else before we start going over the schedule, do our predictions for the next two weeks? I mean, I think we've pretty much covered anything or everything. Um, we've hit everything except for like Luke Glendening. <laughs> um, pass. Yeah. yeah, I'll pass on Hard that. Hard pass. Too. And Erickson's low earth orbit slap shot. I'll pass even um, harder on that. Yeah. I didn't see that. Uh, you know, it the first I, was, I was looking at the stats. The only plus player on this team is Christopher N. Yeah. It's very but I mean, surprising. But if we're being fair, he only plays time. 10 minutes a night. So, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. But, uh, he only plays when his team can score, possibly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I I'm, I think I'm good. All right. Uh, forgive me because the calendar is we were hitting the end of a month before we record our next episode. So. <clears throat> How many games do you see? Because you have you can see both months. Um. So for the next two weeks, we've got two, four, six, about six or seven games. Six games. Six games. Yep. Okay. So I got I got home against Carolina on the twenty second at seven thirty. Home against Winnipeg on the twenty sixth Friday at seven thirty. Uh, home against Dallas on Sunday the twenty eighth at five p.m. Question mark. Boy, I can't wait to record next week's pucking around around that. Uh, at Columbus next Tuesday at 7 p.m. What is with these differing starting times? I don't understand it. And then home against the New Jersey Devils on November 1st at 7.30 p.m. And home against the Edmonton Oilers at 7 p.m. on Saturday the 3rd. Uh, during that time, I'm going to say, wow, I was so wrong last time. I, I said 2-3-2. Two, and two. They went 1-5-1. and one. Uh, I'll say, let's see, Edmonton probably a win. Edmonton's so bad. Uh, so one, no, uh, okay. I'll just, I'll do it in order for myself and for the listeners. Okay. So home against Carolina tomorrow loss. Carolina's looking good. Ajo has come into his own. Oh, and one, uh, home against Winnipeg on the 26th loss. Uh, oh, and two Dallas on Sunday, probably a loss. If I'm being honest, uh, I'll say overtime just because Dallas doesn't, I don't trust Ben Bishop. So I'll say Oh, two and one, uh, loss in Columbus. Oh, three and one. And then you go to the last two games where I'll say probably lost to New Jersey and then win against Edmonton. So I'll say one, four, and one over the next two weeks. Lauren, welcome back. What are your prediction for that same time period? Two, three, and one. Two, three, and one. Do you yep. have any idea who the wins will come against? Um, I know who they're not going to come against. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I could put like uh, maybe Edmonton and like New Jersey as a win or Edmonton and Carolina. Some, some. Some mix of those. Okay. And then the overtime loss, just out of curiosity. The overtime loss, I'll say Columbus, I okay. think. Justin, where do you stand over this same period of time? Okay. Um, uh, I Okay. This is going to be brutal. Um, because... <laughs> oh, 5 and 1. Oh, five and one. <laughs> no, I think Carolina's reeling. They could push that game to <laughs> overtime, but I ultimately see a loss. Um, I also see a definite loss in the Jets or to the Jets, a definite loss to Dallas, loss to Columbus. 
Uh, definite loss to the Devils because they're actually good this year. And I could see maybe uh, maybe an overtime win against the Oilers. So 1-5-1. One, and one. Wait, no, 1-4-1. No, one, <laughs> I think I counted it wrong. Who was the... You didn't, did you have a win? Mm-mm. Yeah, Oilers. Oilers, so 1-4-1. One, maybe in overtime. Okay, yeah, I counted it wrong. 1-4-1. One, and one. So, okay, well, I really hope it's better than that, unfortunately. But here's the question, the last little closing discussion before we wrap our show up. And it's related to the conversation we had last night over text. I kind of don't hope it's better than that. Like, I kind of just, I'm okay with watching losses. Like, last night at no point did I feel tempted to turn off the television. Like, it's the exact opposite of last year. Like, last year when they were, like, not embracing the suck and they were trying to hide it and they were trying to be like, oh, you know, like, you know, the, the commentators like, a couple more wins might get into the postseason. And it's like, no, you're not. You just accept it. And it seems like they're accepting it this year and it seems like they're more inclined to try to get these players ice time. I'm way more into it. Like, what, what's your feeling about this, like these losses? Because I know I know what hers is, so I'm going to give you the start <laughs> on this too real quick, and then we'll wrap this up. Give me that 18.5% chance at Hughes. But what's your stance on it? No, what's your stance on watching it? Oh, um, oh, it's atrocious hockey, but you get to see Larkin with his with all his infinite energy. You get to see Athena see you make pretty plays and get stoned by the goalie, and you get to watch... Uh, and then rip a slapper from eight feet away. Right. And, and you get to watch Bertuzzi be really hard on the puck, much like Larkin without the speed or some of the skill. Although that goalie scored, uh, I forget who it was against, but that was nasty. Um, but uh, I I just, I look for, I look, when I'm watching these games, I look for the positives and I look for the glaring negatives. Like, your glaring negatives are always going to be the crap older defensemen we have. And your glaring positives are going to be Bertuzzi, Larkin, Athanasiu, and Chalowski. So you, I mean, you, but you don't feel tempted. You don't feel like it's boring or bad. It's, like, do you feel tempted to turn it off is the question. No, not really. I'll watch, I'll watch it to the end just to see if, I mean, even when they were, even I watched those, uh, the entire game on the eight to three and the seven to whatever. I watched wow. the entire, I watched the entire game just to see if they could make something happen moving forward. Just cause I want to see the, I want to see the kids succeed. Now, don't get me wrong. I was, uh, I was watching the game on the way to the bar to watch the game last night. And when Rasmussen's goal didn't count, I was actually mad. I was like, are you serious? Because I'm still a fan and I still love this team, but at the end of the day, I still want to see him lose. I still want to see him get, I mean, you know, as I've advocated all year, you have to have at least two, if not four years of top five picks and one or more generational talent picks to completely turn around your team. I mean, that's that's the best way to rebuild your team. Just ask Pittsburgh. And or, you felt... Or oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And you felt more or less the opposite of Canada. Yeah. Uh, like you're pushed away from the games. Oh, I, I've been so pushed away lately. So pushed away. Like, I'm just frustrated. And I just, like, soft goals getting let in. Like, so so there's oh, things... Like, I know. Goals. We didn't even. We, oh, didn't we didn't even talk about the Jimmy Howard. We like, didn't even. Just throw it at the net and why not? It goes in with under 30 seconds that's, left. That's... And that was, like... That was like a scary flashback to a few years ago when we lost like all those like it would get to the last like two minutes of the game and I would start to cringe and like my eye would twitch because I'm like, don't let it in. Don't let it in. Um, That's that's what makes me angry is like stupid stuff like that. 
and I'm proud of myself, mind you, for censoring on that. <laughs> but stupid things like that are what make me want to not watch the game. Mm. Watching the players grow and develop and seeing the progression, I enjoy. And if we're competitive and we're still losing, I'm like, that's okay. But when we're just getting manhandled and there's stupid plays and stupid things, that's when I get frustrated and I turn it off and I yell a lot. So we've, we've literally flipped. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yep. Uh, Justin, anything else before I wrap this up? Uh, bring Maybe me Hughes, bring me Eiserman. co-host or anything like that. Oh, don't even get me started on I can say like, welcome back to your co-host. <laughs> Yeah, no oh, thanks for uh, coming back, Lauren. Yeah, <laughs> nice whatever. Nice to see you too. Tried to put the yeah, ball whatever. in the uh, there. Uh, yeah, I don't care. She, yeah, cool. She's back. Whatever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have slightly more enthusiasm for our show. I'm just kidding. Justin. I love you, Lauren. I yeah. mean, not in that way, but I yeah, love no. you. I mean, no. what? Uh, yeah. Subscribe no. to us on iTunes under the SRD Hockey banner. If you're not into iTunes, you can check us out on TuneIn Radio. We're also on Podbean. That's where we come from. We're on Stitcher, Facebook, Spotify soon after this week's episode. Uh, please, as I ask every week now that we have this new feed, tell everyone you know and love about us. If you know they like hockey, you know they want to listen to hockey content, especially Red Wings content, look us up under SRD Hockey. We are our own channel now. You can follow this show on Twitter. I'm sorry, follow the brand on Twitter, at Sports Radio DET. This show is at STW underscore SRD. I got to get you the password for that, by the way. Yep. I have a Twitter. It is at JM Pinkham. Justin has a Twitter. It is at SRD. Lauren has a Twitter. It is at Red Wings Lauren. Check out our website at sportsradiodetroit.com. Thank you, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Let's go! This has been an SRD production.